We now return to the Transformers. Yep. So, uh, so we're off to, we're, we're back on Earth. We're sort of cleaning up and then Decepticons attack again. Again, this just happened. Act two. Oh crap. We need some filler. Yep. And <laughs> in a kind of hilarious bit that I think never happened again, Galvatron is riding around inside Cyclonus. Hmm. Yes. And shaking yes, his and fist. And it's great when he window. flies like someone shoots him and he's like, yeah, shaking his fist. <laughs> like he's J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> no, like he's Venom I was driving thinking a like, truck. Yeah, I was thinking like an old guy in a Cadillac. <laughs> Get out of my lane! Galvatron, your blinker is on! <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's a... Uh... There's a bit of a fight here. We see some uh, some swo- some sweeps get uh, toasted. Swoops and sweeps. Yes, in their little bars of flying bars of soap. Yeah, I <laughs> I kind of love that. Design. It is a super weird design, but I kind of love it. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, well, that's the thing with the floro dairy designs are really interesting, but th- a lot of them don't make sense. Especially like how does what A transform to B in a lot of cases. It I mean, does. Like, many of his robots are too smooth. I will yes. say, and if you're going to be a parts former or a, a shell former, if you're going to be a shell former, having your shell then turn into like big, cool, almost sort of bat-like wings is definitely the way yeah. to go. This is true. So yeah, there's uh, there's a bit of a fight. Everybody has to get to the ship. We end up with a uh, cup. And Hot Rod and the Dinobots on one ship. Uh, the other ship has... Come on, Dinobots, good Dinobots. Next Dinobots, get in the ship. Please get in the ship. Please, please, please get in the ship. <laughs> Poor Grimlock. Oh, he can't get Grimlock in this ship. Yeah, Grim- the, the Dinobots are overly talkative and cranky in this movie. They're, they're like Grimlock is, extre- Grimlock is extremely dumb in this movie. Even by Grimlock standards. Grimlock is great in this movie. I'm not sure it's the dumbest he's ever been in the cartoon, but it, it's close. He's 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 a petulant child. He's also very surly. Also, Blur yes. is definitely Blur and Perceptor both are definitely played as being like kind of annoying to the other Autobots. Yes. Yeah. So, so anyway, they're on one shuttle. The other shuttle is Ultra Magnus, RC, uh, Blur, uh, Springer. And All the Daniel cool and Perceptor, and, uh, and Perceptor. Blaster is just sticking. And Blaster's just staying behind, I guess. Oh, he yeah, likes it there. I, I've read the rest of the script. I don't want to go. A lot of you might die. Yeah, keep uh, keep it warm for us, uh, Blaster. Yeah, thanks, guys. Although he's fine because they all chase these two shuttles. Yeah, yeah. Blaster's all like, uh, I guess I guess I'm gonna put some records on. Well, he probably converts into a boombox and just hides in a corner. Yeah, no one will find me. Come on, tapes, get inside. Get inside my tummy belly. He's probably just tummy. like, yeah, I'll uh, I'll stay here, guys. Good luck. No, it's cool. Yeah, take it's the fine. war with you. Blaster just literally refuses to ever leave Earth at this point. <laughs> by the year two thousand five, he's got a job as a radio DJ. He can't leave his nine to five. Maybe he's like. Doing pirate radio out of the Autobot City <laughs> comm tower, and uh, this is some some flash fanfic ideas here. Blaster and Ramhorn in the morning, huh? huh? Uh, because they're animals <laughs> that make their own sound effects. Yeah, th- th- there's a lot of air horn and things. 
Steel Jaw and the Horn Head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that kind of works better. Oh, and obviously they turn to um, uh, Eject for the sports. Exactly. Maybe that's <laughs> yeah. how Eject got into it, was because, like, they needed someone to to be their sports guy, and he was like, oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> this is my calling. He's constantly accosting the other cassettes for being unready for some football. <laughs> this is why he doesn't get to appear on it more than meets the eye. Yes. Or maybe they had to stay behind for rewind because Chrome Dome's on Earth. No, he doesn't come around till the rebirth. Yeah, well. Anyway, so they're taking off. There's, there's like a space fight. There's something, something reverse polarities. Yeah, there's always a reverse polarity. It's basically. Uh, this is also where we get. Well, it's everything else. Yeah, this is also where we get to Cup having like rambling anecdotes that nobody cares about. I think he's talking about the Shrike Bats of Dramadon. And I'm pretty (laughs) sure Shrike Bats show up again later. Also, Shrike Bats, uh, show up in like, an old dungeon in World of Warcraft where you also fight a trog named Grimlock. (laughs) There's a a lot of Transformers in World of Warcraft I've been finding out. Oh my god. Burning Crusade had a whole bit where they're like, Blood Elves were stealing Nether John that was stored in these big pink cubes. The pink cubes! Oh my god. (laughs) I have gone to those dungeons a few times they're just full of Energon cubes. It's weird. It's amazing. Anyway. I know. Anyway. So Back I, to the movie, yeah, where, so where anyway, they have the, to jettison uh, two-thirds of the ship to survive and pretend to be dead. And also, um, the ship that has uh, Hot Rod, Cup, and the Dinobots just straight up crashes into this weird-ass-looking planet. Ah, uh, yes, the wonkiest planet. And we get the uh, the infamous Ultra Magnus line, Magnus, uh, Cup and Hot Rod just bought it. I can't deal with that right now. <laughs> I, I can't that, deal with that now. I think that might be the most quoted line <laughs> of the movie, at least among the fandom that I know of. I would say the most, like, probably, like, rift on line is I've got better things to do tonight than die. Because many people have said I've got better I mean, things f- to do tonight than X. But, but also... I mean, as far as, like, official media called, it's definitely one shall stand, one shall fall. But anytime- well, yeah, Official media, but- As far as official media goes, yes, other. but as far as, like, people in a group at BotCon asking where we're going to go get dinner, that's- <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so, uh, so they also end up crashing on, like, a weird- Garbage planet, and... No, literally a garbage uh, planet, not just a stupid... (laughs) Yes. And because three-quarters of the ship blows up, Galvatron's all, eh, they're probably dead. Yeah, they're probably dead. Let's go back to uh, Unicron. My job here is done. Oh, wait, I got a headache now. Well, that's the end of that (laughs) chapter. Well, they're they're dead. So, cut to weird-ass planet again, and more 80s... 80s... Power metal. Uh, this is oh, wow. nothing's gonna stand in our way. Which is a cover. It is. It is. It was originally uh, composed by Australian rock star John Farnham 
for the oh. uh, Linda no, not Linda Carter, um, Lind, Linda Blair uh, sexploitation movie, Nothing Savage Streets. Not tonight. Okay. It's like it's like. Well, it's a nice sounding cover, but that, that's it's like a weird. rape revenge kind of like eighties grindhouse oh, movie. Oh no! It's I got her know. and uh, Leanna Quigley from uh Reven- from Return of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, it is a cover. This is a covered by uh the Canadian band Kick Axe, who for legal reasons <laughs> had to be on the soundtrack as Spectre General, which I think is a better name. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't Spectre General sounds more like an indie band. Well, that's a gag though. Kick it's Axe like... sounds more like it was made up by a twelve year old. Yes. Well, yeah, Kick, Kick Axe is one of those bands you will see on the back of a shirt that lists a bunch of band names, and they're all in these weird, unreadable, hard to read uh, oh, ideograms, like branching font. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, except for one band that will be in like bright blue or or pink or something, and it'll be like, like Balloon Land. The That's the best band. <laughs> you gotta stand out. So anyway, the. Uh... Hot Rod is underwater on plant which we later learn is Quintessa, and this might be my favorite scene of the movie. I just love weird robot animals. It's weird, yeah, cause it's got giant squids and fishes and things and cups and he's pieces. Got, he's fighting like robot fish. And and there's a there's a neat slight water effect on it yes. that adds an, a layer of... Just this is such a, a. I mean, this is where scene. we. The second thing that reinforces the weirdest conceit about this movie, which is the idea that the universe is just full of other robotic life. Yes. Apparently, yes. like Earth is the only place where there's organic life because the whole rest of the galaxy, the whole rest of the universe is just that, robotic that, worlds. <laughs> that is kind of a wacky part of the movie, like. The three other major planets we see, they're all mechanical. Yeah, and it's not it's, like it's planets... Odd. I mean, you could say, okay, well, maybe Unicron only eats mechanical, you know, planets that are primarily mechanical. I don't know, maybe organics give him a stomach ache. But there's no... Them landing on Quintessa is entirely by chance, so that's not even, like, an excuse like that. It's just totally random. Well, I think it's not entirely random because uh, Hot Rod has to fight his way through these robot piranhas and he turns one of his hands into like a pizza cutter. Yes. And he is just <laughs> hacking these robot fish apart in a way that would be extremely gross if they were regular fish. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but it, it just brings up weirdness. It's like it, apparently the most direct route between Earth and Cybertron it is... Like, there's nothing but metal planets in the way that we never saw before, or never mentioned. Yeah. Like the Matrix, many things just come up in this movie that are like, we just sort of take on face value that's like, when you think about it, it's like, wait, what, why, how, what? So... How did they miss... Okay, the plane out of junk kind of makes sense, people. Are I've heard it said, garbage. because I've, I've picked on Flint Dill for writing this. Uh, and it's been said, <laughs> apparently, he cleaned up the script from something that was even worse, that I think might have been Ron Friedman. Oh. 
Yeah, because Ron Friedman gets the, like, script credit. It's Flint Dilly and I think maybe Buzz Dixon who get, like, consulting yeah, writers or whatever. Because And I think their their original script was The Secret of Cybertron, which I think they extensively reworked into Five Faces of Darkness. Uh-uh. Which would be why things actually make some attempt at making sense in that. Uh, unlike this, where nothing makes sense. Uh, yes. But it, it just... Because you'll see Flint Dilly, occasionally Dill or Dilly, occasionally referred to as, like, Dilly. writer of Transformers the movie. Like, when he was writing comics with, again, World of Warcraft reference Chris Metzen. Uh, which is why... <laughs> Which is why, in case you didn't know Rob, uh, there's there's so much World of Warcraft stuff, or uh, so much Transformers stuff in World of Warcraft is the, like, creator so and head story guy for a long time is, like, a big Transformers nerd. There's still new new stuff showing up, and Metzen has left! And, and that's... <laughs> Somebody else in the writing staff. And that's why we, we call Illidan Scorpionok. Uh, so... <laughs> His color scheme is, his character is... And around the time, I mean, I Scorpion. talked to him when he was at BotCon talking about his, his, uh, you know, at the IDW panel. And he talked about how, you know, around the time he was working on the story for Warcraft 3, he was just, you know, reading and discovering Simon Furman's Marvel stuff. Uh, so, and that was when Illidan was, uh, showed up. So, anyway, so... You might remember Flint Dill was uh, writing those comics along with Chris Metzen. And I was like, is being the writer in Transformers the movie really something you want to advertise? Because there are many things that are good about that movie and the writing was not one of them. <laughs> uh, this is one of those examples. I, I will point out, though, that there was also a uh, a GameCube Batman the Animated Series game that was written notably by Flint Dill, like as like a featured thing. And one of the best moments of that is when Batman, the world's greatest detective, is X-raying these cargo boxes and he sees like the shape of like a, a X-ray of a person like hunched down in them. And he's like, hmm, skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what I'm saying is I really question Flint Dill's abilities as a writer. I don't know. There are a lot of quotable bits of this movie. Admittedly, most of them are cheesy quotable lines, which is why we like quoting them and so much other people except for the watch y'all stand, watch y'all fall. I, I, There's a, so Flint Dill might be good at dialogue, yeah. but the plotting is... Yeah. Yeah. And the, like, world building here where all the planets are robotic for some reason. Yeah, so anyway, he fights off these, uh, these fish. He fights off a giant squid that is attempting to eat Cop and has already, like, bitten some of his limbs off. He shoots it in the robot eyeball. It's pretty epic. And so he, he hauls him out. They, they have a little thing on the beach. He fixes him. Um... Uh, at some point, we sort of cut between things here. So I think we can just do all the Quintessa stuff at once. Burn his rotator cuff. Yeah. Which probably just means you left a part a out. Left a piece out. <laughs> which, oh, is, which was supposed to come out la- up later, but did not. Uh, was oh. lost between drafts. Alas. That was supposed to be how they escaped those uh, like shackles. Ah. 
Instead, they just kind of fade out as they drop into the tank. Yeah. That's anyway, less so good. they are accosted by a bunch of alligator robots, later dubbed Alicons, I think. Which is a decent enough name. Yeah, who uh, they eventually placate with both uh, Energon goodies and the, the universal, universal greeting. Yes. Also, uh, regarding the alligator, con- the alicons, oh, they do seem to usually get grouped in as like a subclass of sharkticons. Sharkticons, yes. yeah. Not that they look like sharks, but they kind of might look probably look more like sharks than the actual sharkticons. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, look like the sharkticons like, just like chubby piranhas with legs. They look like monster toads. Yes. Uh, yeah, kind of toad-like. Anyway, Kragwa. Anyway, so they uh, they they run out of energon goodies, and also the um, universal greeting doesn't work so great. the The concept of the universal greeting is so ridiculous. <laughs> I really like that. It, I mean, it's, it's a bit of world building that kind of makes sense. It's like, super dumb world building, but I'll take it. It is super dumb, yeah, but it, I mean, I, I think as... They don't have universal translators. I think so it's something real. It's A basic greeting Esperanto in space. I think it's something real. It's kind of stupid, but it's something that's just like something this old guy claims will totally work. I think it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that adds a layer to it. It's like hitting your TV to get it to work. It's like, it doesn't make any sense, but okay. <laughs> Plus the alligator cons and shark cons are kind of stupid, so yeah. they don't get it. Yeah. So anyway, they end up getting taken to this prison, and, uh, and there they meet. And cells where you see bits of uh, Gundam corpses. Ah, that's what those were. Well, they're like various Xeon suits and things. But they're like a mishmash. And you gotta keep them somewhere. Yeah. Of other prisoners they've had that... But they're throwing them to the Sharkticons, but yet there's these corpses in the cells, so I guess they left some people in the cells until they expired? Yeah, anyway, there they meet, okay. um, I believe it's Arbalus, or possibly Kranix. Yes. No, this is Kranix. Okay, this is Kranix. Arbalus got this eaten by This Okay. Yes, Kranix the one is the one who escaped, which is why Arbalus was going Kranix, ah, because he's like yeah. the last buddy. known surviving uh, Lithone. Yes. I'm declaring them to be romantic partners. So anyway, he's he's, ta- he's saying that yeah, yeah, my my planet was eaten by the by the monster planet Unicron. Unicron, what's Unicron? And, and to his credit, he's not like. You dumbasses. How do you not know who Unicron is? <laughs> hey, he's like, he's, he's a giant-ass planet. He eats other planets. Like, look out for that guy. He's planet bad news. all in his path. And then he gets uh, hauled off before the Quintessons, who are kind of some of my favorite Transformers aliens, because they're just such lame doofs. <laughs> they're lame, but they're, they're so weird and interesting. They're used often badly, like the rest of the TV show. <laughs> but but the idea of five-faced weird robots who judge others they're like a twisted version of the Daleks instead of just trying to murder everyone outright they just want to arrest them and put on a, a kangaroo court yes. yeah taking completely out of context of any later explanations for them the Quintessons are really crazy like yeah. this is like some Alice in Wonderland stuff mm. yeah yeah so anyway, they they sentence the this guy. They 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 decide that he is innocent, and because he is innocent, innocent they feed him to the shark cons. 
so if you're guilty, do they not feed you to the shark? No, I'm pretty sure they also feed. They also feed you to the shark. That's okay, the punishment that's for everything on Quintessa. Mistrial, feed you to the shark. Well, I was thinking maybe if you were innocent, they threw you back in the cell to die, and that's yeah. why you had all those corpses. <laughs> And yeah, we see them being eaten, but he's, he's eaten by the Sharktacons, who are the aforementioned weird piranha toad things. Anyway, so eventually uh, it comes the time for, uh, for Cup and Hot Rod to be sentenced. Um, we get some excellent, like, Flash Gordon cheesy dialogue. Spare me which... this mockery. Oh no, spare me this mockery. It no, no, it's, uh, no, you'll be, you'll be silent, so you'll be found in contempt of this court. I have nothing, I have nothing but, but contempt for this court. Oh, Hot Rod, shut up, you cutie. <laughs> so dumb. Anyway, they are found innocent and fed to the Sharktacons, but instead they just start, um, they transform into robot, into vehicle mode inside this tank and sort of form it into a, Which, they drive around and this creates like, like a giant cyclone. Yeah, also, centrifugal it's, force. it's Kranix who says, spare me this uh, mockery of justice. Yeah, yeah, I very dramatically. The, the, the faint British accent on, Lithons have British accents, that's weird. Uh, but, like, I guess For the Quintessons didn't know Transformers can transform, which is why they took the shackles off, and yet Season 3 contradicts that, like, idea. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Season so, 3 contradicts a lot. And uh, while, while all this is going on, the, the Dinobots are just dicking around Quintessa, yelling about Beryllium Baloney and CZ Salami. Salami. And they also, Basically bickering with each other as they do. And they also meet spectacularly annoying robot boy Wheelie, who speaks I, in rhyme. Wheelie gets annoying, but I don't think he's annoying in this movie. He's kind of fun. He's just a little wild boy I mean, I've, who rhymes. Okay, the rhyme I have is kind of annoying. softened on Wheelie because everybody else hates Wheelie so much. It, yeah, I don't hate Wheelie in this. It did. I, I think that Wheelie is okay in this just because he's not in it that much. Yes. I think if he had been in it, you know, sort of like we were talking about Daniel, if he had been in it more, then he would get super annoying. Yeah, like in Japan. Uh, there there was a while there where, like, the cool adult thing to do in Transformers stories was <laughs> kill Wheelie horribly. Yeah. Uh, I, I personally think it's a lot more interesting to take a character like this and make them an interesting character than to killed them horribly. As I think they definitely did in IDW, the the spotlight wheelie that's uh, painted by Claus Scherberger, I think, yeah. is gorgeous. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so so they bust into the strains of uh, hunger. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 Not spelled with three uh, R's, sadly. No, I, listen, I want it so bad I can taste it. It drives me mad to see it wasted. Also, this is where we, it is determined that the best way to defeat the Sharktacons is to, uh, declare a new form of government. Because Grimlock yes. shows up and declares himself to be king, uh, and they, yes. they're like, okay. Yeah. I guess our, our yeah. previous government wasn't working out. Smashed so. a few of them with a door. Well, yes, he, and and is it snarl or slag? Slag is like uh, slag. Excuse me. <laughs> and it's very Beavis. It's, yeah. it's great. It's pretty great. I, I wish more things would have that version of slag, who's just this weird, goofy doofus. Instead of like like the, I don't like the IDW take on him, or most of the Dinobots really except Swoop, but and Grimlock. 
I kind of prefer them to be goofy party animals. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not so big on the Dinobot angst. But angst. They're more aggressive Ninja Turtles. Without a smart one. Yeah. And, and, well, they're, they're Ninja Turtles if they were all as dumb as actual turtles. <laughs> well, they're all Michelangelo. This is fair. I mean, even my, like, they, they just want to hang out, kill people, and then maybe have sex with vaguely rounded rocks. <laughs> oh, is that what the bologna salami was about? Yeah. Turtles are dumb, people. Turtles are pretty Ew. dumb. <laughs> Oh, right, turtle, turtles humping things and making unpleasant noises. I love videos yeah. of turtles humping anyway, things. Anyway, um, clearly, it's been a while since I saw this movie because I've forgotten an entire plot point. What plot point? And that is that uh, Cybertron's moons oh. have been devoured by Unicron. You forget and the with... part where they say shit? Yes, there is cursing, uh, which later edited out of TV versions and I think some of the VHS releases. Uh, the the VHS hmm. release that I had did not have it. Uh, the one that I got off the ten dollar shelf at Suncoast in nineteen ninety three or two, possibly like January ninety three. Uh, but later DVD versions have yes. restored it. Yes, that was like a big. I believe that was like an actual like bullet point in the marketing for. For one of maybe the DVD, I don't know. Fully uncut. Here, Neil Ross cursed yeah, like a sailor. That probably was in the shout version. Because uh, yeah, no, it was uh, Corey Burton, wasn't it? Sorry, you're right. It is Corey Burton. Yeah, because because he's an animated. Yes, where he does not curse. That's correct. Because it was Cartoon Network. Uh, no, you you discovered my terrible secret. God damn it! <laughs> I'm secretly Shockwave. Anyway, um, so yeah, one moon base had, I believe, Cliffjumper and Jazz, who refers to Unicron as a weird, ginormous planet. Yes, ginormous-looking planet shows up in the suburbs of which, Cybertron. Which makes me wonder, is this where ginormous came from as a word, or did it exist first? No, it, it is a pr- it is a previously existing word. Okay, I wasn't sure. It, it, it's, it's such a good word. And uh, the other one has Bumblebee and Spike. Who Spike is wearing like a weird robot, Robocop suit. I, Robocop suit? It, it, it's a weird... Like, no, it's, it's an... I mean, they call it an exosuit. Yeah. And it, it yes. really is basically, it's like a... Makes me think of a GoBot. Maybe a a projection, yeah. Maybe, yeah. It is kind of cycle shaped. Yeah. Yeah, and the weird thing is, we later find out it has a vehicle mode, which I think we see in this and never again. Yeah. yeah. How do you fold it? How does that work? What the fuck? I mean, he's just kind of transforming like a pretender. Like his so- his legs are clicking together and his arms are kind of bending. I mean, you do not see in, like his, a normal human. I'm pretty arms. sure when when Daniel does it, you see his little hands like up near his face yeah, like he's which, are his hands always that way because like otherwise they there. would be crushed well no no i'm pretty sure his hands are normally in like the hand places so yeah to, i would assume that he make... just like pulls them in for the transformation have or you something. tried to take a shirt off without taking it over your hand in both arms it doesn't hurt especially Look, in metal i'm a woman i take things off from under my shirt all the time well yeah i can do it depending upon i mean the i've shirt, definitely but... Not the one I'm wearing right now. Listen, I've definitely been in scenarios where I try to do the, like, crossed arms, sexy taken off the shirt thing. It always ends up with me getting my head stuck in the head hole. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I prefer V-Nix. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, they get eaten, and then that's the last we hear from them for most of the movie. Yes. 
did we did a bunch of more did more characters just get eaten by guys? Know. Maybe more characters we like presumed dead by voice actors we kind of like. And then yeah. Shockwave. Does Scatman have to die in every movie? So so anyway, Shockwave they, gets they... a line here, right? Hmm? Who, who gets a line? Shockwave. Shockwave gets a line at towards the end of the movie. Ah, okay. Further, we're still along. a ways away from there. Yes. Um. So because he is anyway, also Corey Burton, and you know they is. had him on. They and, had him. Uh, in the actually, booth. isn't isn't Braun also Corey Burton? I think he gets a line before he gets murdered. That's a good question. I don't know. Murdered in his his spark chamber in his shoulder. Wait, wait isn't isn't it uh, Bron who yells Megatron Decepticons? <gasps> yes. Yeah. And then he gets murdered. Yes. Anyway, so um, we get uh, so they take off in this weird ass corkscrew ship. Can we take a break for a second? I have to Is go your... to the bathroom and get a drink. Sure. Sure, Does your sure. cat need to go outside? Like this mine? is going to be no, a I... long ass episode. Well, it's already longer than the movie. Sorry. <laughs> uh, this might have to be like a two parter. That's uh, that's that's two months of uh, Patreon episodes. That sounds fair. Yeah. Man, my ears are all sweaty. Oh. I'd go out and check on my cat, but he's probably bothering frogs. <laughs> he doesn't hurt them, he just pesters them. <laughs> oh, I'm just monitoring my timeline, uh, uh, being envious of people playing Spider-Man. Hello. Hello. Okay. Uh, and continue. All right. Okay. On the planet so yeah, they junk. take this. Yeah, they, well, they first they take this weird ass like corkscrew spaceship and take off from Quintessa. Meanwhile, our other ship it has crashed into a planet totally covered with junk. So we're uh, we're sort of you know trying to fix the ship, um, and Daniel is getting his uh, dad's old exosuit. Dad's exosuit. He told me all about it. Yeah. And uh, I guess he's not wearing it because uh, I guess he was eaten. <laughs> I presumably this is one that he like outgrew. Which is it's like how yes. long does he have? I mean, I was going to say even though he's not that much bigger than he I mean, he was kind of a teenager before, but then again, he was Yeah. I mean, he's he's a lot brawnier now. Yes. Yeah. It's a uh, and Corey Burton's using his kind of adult voice. <laughs> yes. He's being a grown-up now. And Sparkplug is presumably long dead. <laughs> Maybe he had a heart attack. The old, uh, yeah, the old ticker finally uh, sparked its last. Happened in the comics, except he got better. But he had a heart attack. Uh, and that guy had two sons, one of whom became a headmaster. Yeah. Angsty, and- angsty headmaster. My favorite. Uh- and then the other one who's just constantly getting kidnapped. Yes. <laughs> Poor guy. Anyway, so, um, 
they're on this uh, junk planet, and then suddenly they are attacked by a bunch of weird TV quoting. Uh, uh, wait, no, no, no. They get attacked no. by Galvatron first. No, 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 no. They get attacked wait. by by Junkions first, then Galvatron, then there's another fight with Junkions, the, I believe. There's two fights with Junkions? Wait. I'm pretty sure there are two fights with Junkions. Are you... I, we see the Junkions. a lot of Maybe I've forgotten. No, I first, been a while. there's the fight with the Decepticons. Okay. Where uh, Ultra Magnus gets drawn and quartered. Except that Shit, doesn't yes. actually happen. I, no, not quite. Well, he gets he gets blowed up in the original in, animatic. It was like drawn and quartered, which is way more gruesome. Anyway, so there's, yeah, the, so the Decepticons attack. There is. Uh, and then after that, then the Junkions attack the remaining okay. Autobots. Okay. All right. I, it has been a while. Yes, that's yeah, the right. point. We so, see the Junkions before, because there's a shot of, like, uh, Rekgar, Eric Idle saying some TV quote. I forget which one. You check in, but you don't check out, Operators maybe? Operators are standing by. Oh, yeah. All right, it's yes. And and actually, Galvatron has gone back to Unicron, who's all, hey, listen, I I, I killed Ultra Magnus. Uh, you know, we're good now, right? And he's, no, uh... Ultra Magnus still lives on the planet of junk. Uh, find him, tear it open, and bring me the Matrix. Stop him, tear him apart, and destroy the Matrix. Anyway, so they they do indeed find him. Uh, there's like a fight. Um, Daniel learns to transform his exosuit into car mode, which is him lying down in his stomach and rolling around. But it does manage to beat like I think a I think it's Scavenger. One oh, the those. names of the Who calls him a human and... germ? Yes. And it's definitely somebody voiced by Don Messick. But yeah, I'm pretty... <laughs> yes, uh, because it sounds like Scooby evil Papa Smurf. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, he looks like he's got his, his arms up, like he's got some kind of little controls up near the helmet, so presumably he takes his arms out of that, or either his arms are just at his sides and not actually in the arm things in the suits. <laughs> Blah, 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 blah. Why don't the Junkions have a dog made out of junk? That so makes sense for them. They build their own pets. And it speaks like Scooby-Doo and other cartoon animals. <laughs> uh, of course, they call it the Junkyard Dog. Yeah. Or a hubcap or something. Oh, no, hubcap's already here. Anyway, so... Anyway, so Ultra Magnus is all... Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold him off with the power of the Matrix... And that goes not great because he can't even get it open. <laughs> because his fingers don't get it. Damn it! Open. He's got to he's got to drop a mild oath whilst uh, doing so. So at one point when I was in high school, in the early nineties, uh, I I took my VHS tape to a sort of get together party sort of thing uh, that was mostly more acquaintances, uh, and uh, that part I think. They made me rewind like three or four times because they were like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and yeah, apparently in the script, and in the script he gets drawn and quartered, and in the movie you see like the sweeps are are firing like s solid long beams of energy at him. Yeah, but when you cut the ultra magnus, it's just like little blips of energy hitting him. But the upshot is he just gets blown the hell up. Yay! And Galvatron gets the Matrix. But yes, in in that particular VHS copy of it, it, they did keep the damn it. 
Yes, I think that that they keep it's cut out of the TV airings. Yeah. Like when they aired it on uh, the Hub, back when there still was a Hub. Yes. It could happen only on the Hub. Anyway, so uh, so yeah, he's got the Matrix. Um, everybody is very bummed. Uh, Springer is uh, hovering around in his helicopter mode, which I think we don't see much in this movie. No, I think we only yeah, see not too uh, much, but it's, like it's mostly his weird shots. car mode. I mean, he's not going to yeah. drive on that stuff. It's all mm. bumpy, and he's he's got a low carriage. And then the junkions attack, and they are a bunch of weird British TV quoting uh, junk Vikings led by <laughs> Eric Idle playing Rec Gar, who yeah. also has an amazing mustache. Yeah. Yes. Um, and they really the dialogue. Mustaches in this movie. The the dialogue is like weird mashup things that they never really quite captured on the TV show. Like he's never just quoting straight TV stuff. It's like two different TV quotes crammed into one, plus some complete nonsense. Yeah, do Ronnie Ron Ronnie Ron and other just weird nonsense flying out of their mouths with weird reverb on it. And in a bit that is, they alternate motorcycles and. There's, they usually attack as like a bunch of guys riding motorcycles, and then when they get knocked down, the the rider turns into a motorcycle, and the motorcycle turns into a robot, and they switch. Yes, yes. which they is one of those coming. very like toyetic, very cool moments. Except not too toyetic because they only released one junkie on, and he could not ride himself. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, the new they ones tried. can. So yeah, we hadn't invented yeah. joints yet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we needed ball joints to be able to do that. Yeah. So they they have a fight. Um, there is a pretty cool axe versus sword fight. Yes, always cool, always fun. But eventually, the the day is won when uh, well, the first giant off, corkscrew arrives. Yeah, the the planet literally gets screwed. <laughs> oh. And uh, it turns out that they do, in fact, speak. Uh, yeah, Cup and Dinab and the Dinobots and Hot Rod come out. Retguard does know the Universal Greeting. Yes, because uh, Hot Rod does it this time. Yes, and we find out that Cup, uh, that Cup talks, talks a little TV. Talk TV. Yes. Film at eleven. Talk I, some I, TV. I talk some TV, and now the news. Don't touch that dial because he's an old guy. You know, he watches the news. <laughs> yes, he's so. Old. I mean, I mean, if you've ever watched the news, it's all like medication ads and. Uh, Alex Ro- Trebek trying to sell you your medication. Cup <laughs> has been stealing somebody's medication. <laughs> oh no! And, and when they grab you in those metal claws, you can't break free because they're made of metal <laughs> and robots are strong. <laughs> that is the best SNL bit ever. It's pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. I still think that Christopher Walken one with the census is good. <laughs> and I just love how crummy the robot costume is. <laughs> Yeah, and it just sort of grabs the the pills that it's using for fuel. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so uh, it turns I think did the Junkions also know who Unicron is? Uh, yes, they yeah. do. Grand because, Poobah. Uh, oh, what is it? The Grand Poobah eliminates even the toughest stains. Toughest stains. But yes. At oh. that point, is it that they know who Unicron is, or? Do they, are they just, no, they, I don't think they do. They just, everyone else they're just repeating them. bullshit. No, yeah. but I think at some point they do because they say, and the answer is Unicron. Unicron. So they, maybe they saw something about Unicron on TV. 
yeah. So, oh yeah. I television from uh, Lithone, of course. <laughs> they know who Unicron is. <laughs> I I feel like uh, the the Transformers are definitely in. Well, the Cybertronian Transformers are definitely in the universal minority for not knowing who Unicron is. Yes. And, and yet... They haven't read the scriptures. And yet, they're the ones with the MacGuffin. Yeah. Well, except currently Galvatron has the MacGuffin and decides to try and use it, but much like Ultramagnus, he well, cannot open it. Although he, it, has just, he has put it on a very kicky chain yes. around his neck. <laughs> it looks very nice. Blink chain. It looks, oh, it looks awesome. It just kind of reminds me of that old picture of The Rock where he's got, like, the gold chain and the turtleneck and the fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. Pull, pulling off that about as well. But Or, alternately, he just kind of looks like Flava Flav. Yes. Before Flava Flav. Well, this is a... Well, I guess it's possible he was uh, influenced him by, because uh, there was a street gang in the 80s in New York that was actually known as the Decepticons. Oh, nice. There was a ska band in Northern Virginia in, like, 1996 called the Decepticons with a Z at the end. I would think that they would be the Ska-septicons? You would think so, but no. You you disappoint me again, ska bands. (laughs) I mean, they they were, like, my age. I went to see them at, like, some random hole in the wall one time. Actually, you know, they obviously should have been these Scottobots. Yes. Scott, yeah, kind of makes more sense. Maybe they fought them. Maybe I should have founded them with my mad clarinet. Scoptimus Prime. Well, but you have to like ska then. Ska's ska scream. <laughs> All of this is terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course it is. It's about ska bands. Yeah, that's fair. Mm. Well, any band associated with Transformers, like, I have two albums from a band called Shockwave. All of their tracks on the CDs are named after G1 episodes. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. It's not great, but it's interesting. I mean, listen, I'm not going to act like I haven't seen the Cybertronic Spree live. (laughs) I want to see them. And that is the, that, uh, for the uninitiated, that is the band that performs while wearing Transformer costumes. Yeah, I, I don't think... think the Decepticons band was actually that nerdy, though no. uh, a friend of mine had a friend who was in gym class with them, like all of them. Which is impressive anyway, for a ska band, because that's like yes. 12 people. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I just kind of love that the Cybertronic Spree has like a bunch of guys in elaborate Transformers costumes, and then just a guy who's like in ha- a yellow hard hat. Yes! Yeah. That's pretty great. Like they were, they were thinking of costumes, and they were like, "No, no, yellow hard hat." I can't play in the costume. No, it doesn't work. It's like I don't want to wear a, hard, a costume. Here, at least wear this. Okay. I want to say that's the. I want to say that's the keyboardist. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> because of course they have a keyboardist. Of One of them is Rumble or Frenzy. I hope that's the drummer. I can't remember. <laughs> I mean, I think they might have a rotating. Uh, judging by this band photo, they've got a Rumble, an RC, a Unicron, a Soundwave, a Hot Rod, a Hard Hat Unicron. guy, and a Quintesson. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know they had. It's a, a wonderful assortment. It's a good sampling. 
And I'm also seeing pictures where they have a shockwave and a bumblebee. They might be like the polyphonic spree where they're actually like 20 guys in the band. <laughs> yeah, that could be. Anyway, so Unicron's all, well, you, you done, you done goofed now, Galvatron. Because look, like everything else in this movie, I turn into a robot. Oh, and this yeah. this transformation sequence is mad sick. It, yes. it, it's so awesome. I my favorite. Well, oh, there's so many. Every part of it's my favorite. Like the feet coming out, the hands rotating out, the glowing abs. Is a high my point. favorite yes. part of it was uh, when this sequence is in the original theatrical trailer with the narration saying, "What is the secret of the evil planet Unicron?" <laughs> <laughs> I think that's right around the time when, like, they they also show clips of Optimus Prime getting shot to hell. Will Prime die? <laughs> if you're asking, probably. Yes. <laughs> I, that that trailer has to be on YouTube. It's, it's worth looking up. It's yes. Definitely so he, an example of spoiling everything. In the, trailers have always been the there. So he's always, hey, you know, you, uh, I, I was going to spare your planet Cybertron, but now you will witness its dismemberment. And he just, for a time, I, something, something, I, spare I, I your I wretched little planet Cybertron. Yes, I oh. consider sparing your wretched little planet Cybertron. But now you shall witness it's dismemberment. And then he just slams his hand into the planet. And this yeah, is the, where um, we get shockwave during yes. his one brief moment of It's hard to actually judge how big Unicron is. Because he's a different size in every scene. Yeah, most of the shots he's like, he's standing on the planet and not as tall as it is in diameter. But like when he smacks his hand down, he seems... I mean, it's a forced perspective, but still, it seems massive. Like, he's yes. and as then, big as the planet. And then in a couple scenes, he's going to be... Basic, Grimlock is the same size as his ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, well, yeah. yeah. The Dinobots are big. They're not that, not as that big. Not that big. spaceship, I know. <laughs> no. Grimlock's not the like, size of Italy. Yeah. Also, like, how big was Lithon if, if Unicron was bigger than it and Eden? Is I mean, it was about moon? the same size as one of Cybertron's moons, so it was not big. Yeah, I mean... But then again, how big is Cybertron? A question mark. Well, yeah, the, <laughs> sort of officially, it's... I think it was bigger than Earth's moon when it, like, popped in in whatever the fuck episode that in was. In one of uh, the various instances in which it is brought into Earth's orbit. Uh, the ultimate doom? Yeah, yes. It's smaller than Earth. Which, than the moon, again, I something think. similar happened in a recent World of Warcraft storyline, which I referred to as doing an ultimate Again, game. I know that there's so much that lines <laughs> up. Uh, so anyway, yeah, he just goes sick house on uh, Cybertron, the Conehead Jets, Dirge Ramjet, and Thrust basically fly right into his mouth. Yep, good job, guys. Yes. Uh, but apparently they'll live because they're all back in season three. Well, there's I mean, just so many seekers and coneheads. They, they just repainted three other guys to match the guys they lost. 
Like, I'm pretty sure a couple of them are in, like, the first episode of Five Faces of Darkness with lines yeah, and everything. Yeah, I think so. Aren't they, like, the jets that are parked in Carbomia? Yes, and uh, Outback oh. is using his uh, fake Decepticon detector. <laughs> <laughs> All of that is terrible. Like, uh, listen, they named a guy Outback. You knew that somebody was doing a bad Australian accent yeah, for that guy. Yeah, they were going to have to go. He was, he, they were naming a guy Outback. He was going to have to be Crocodile Dundee. I mean, they're lucky <laughs> he didn't turn into a steakhouse. Or a crocodile. <laughs> Or a knife. Or a, or a blooming onion. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. I don't think anybody's ever made a knife uh, add-on for Outback. Oh. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> anyway, so the Decepticons are attacking this giant-ass planet. It's not going so well, but um, the uh, the combined forces of our surviving Autobots and the Junkions are on their way. Yay! And um, I think the Junkion ship gets pretty quickly trashed when Unicron both zaps it with his laser breath and then, then crushes it in crushes his hand. It, yeah. I think but, that might be the scene where we see Snarl in the cockpit. That might be the scene where we see Snarl. But everybody survives. Apparently. Also, well, yeah. poor Perceptor, the they made him ride in the Junkion ship. Oh, that had didn't to be let problematic. Him, they didn't uh, we're, let we're him just... come with the cool kids. <laughs> and then the yeah, Quintesson, so like, corkscrew ship... Just blasts into Unicron's eye. <laughs> yes. And then it's time for a reprise of Dare. Yay! And there's just a long series of scenes where people are, like, going through all sorts of weird parts of Unicron. Like, one where he has, like, pincer tentacles. Yeah, he has weird antibody robot bits of him that are extra organic looking and bizarre. <laughs> And there's just a, there's a bit where he's like, uh, there are a bunch of like spikes inside him. And then there's another part where they find like a bunch of water in him. However, or, he, or is, juices? he is notably, nobody's getting like dissolved by it. Lacking in evil brain impulses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the evil brain impulses. Sorry, anyway, that is a, I, a reference to the G1 episode Microbots, in which they similarly go inside of Megatron, uh, and he has some evil brain impulses. Uh, that's also the one where Megatron gets super drunk. Yes! <laughs> uh, all of this is uh, somewhat similar to that episode, but significantly better in every way possible. Well, they, I mean, they spent money on this. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, and yet there's and, still weird animation errors, like when Hot Rod's falling at one part, he's stuck on one of the spikes sticking out of a wall, and then as he's falling off, his animation cell just sort of changes position on the spike. It's weird. Yeah. Anyway, so eventually, um, Daniel comes across a big conveyor belt of robots who are being dropped into what is a basically smelting a... Pool. It's It's the smelting pool. Uh, where robots are being very disturbingly dissolved. Like ah, screaming yes. loudly as they're, and so there's, they're, yeah, they're on like a sort of conveyor thing of, of like being held up by like just claws. It's like a claw game, except in reverse. <laughs> and it's dropping them to this acid and they're And uh, unfortunately Spike, <sighs> and unfortunately Spike is next on the menu and, da and Daniel has to figure out how to turn his, arms into laser blasters 
and it's very stressful. Yeah, like this kid, man. This kid is so traumatized. And Corey Burton is just yelling at him. Find, find the gun, son. Find the gun, son. Save daddy. Save daddy. Hurry. Save daddy. <laughs> Don't let your father die, son. But, uh, no, this movie isn't quite that gruesome because he does shoot the lid and he and Cliff Jumper and Bumblebee and Jazz are saved. Yay! Yay somebody from G1 gets to survive. Yes. Or, or somebody from yes. season one gets to survive. And, and people, then probably expensive voice actors. Voice actor will die and he won't actually get any lines in season three. Yeah. Oops. Well, I th- yeah. yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Scatman Crothers. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he, he lived to a good old age. He never should have gone can... back to uh, back to the Overlook Hotel. Got him yeah, right with the axe. Yeah. A dangerous place. You freeze to death there. <laughs> well, I mean, he never, never should have fr- showed up in rats. <laughs> and be eaten by rats. Oh, that's right. He is eaten by rats in uh, the Toronto shot. I think it's Deadly Eyes. Oh, Deadly I knew it was a giant rat movie. Yeah, it. Uh, they are... It's shot in the Toronto subway system, and the rats are very unconvincing dogs in costumes. <laughs> well, it's based on that book, The Rats. Well, of course, which, of course, was written by somebody British. So many giant animal books were written by British people. I don't know why. I don't know. Like giant slugs, animals, I think. They're, I don't know. One giant one, crab, crabs? Or was crabs American? No, that is American. that is British as well. That is uh, okay. Guy N. Smith, who I think won some sort of, like, he's like Britain's top pipe smoker or something. <laughs> it's the most British thing possible. Yeah. Is he in charge of the Ministry of Loneliness? <laughs> yeah, apparently they were Dachshunds wearing rat suits. Dachshunds. Wow. Oh, little vicious wiener dogs. Puppers. Like I said, not a highlight of Canadian filmmaking. Anyway, so so those guys are saved. Um, Meanwhile, uh, Hot Rod has kind of wandered off into some weird part of Unicron's, like, colon or whatever. (laughs) And he encounters Galvatron. And there is a really cool bit here where... Like, the lighting, it's very dark, but you can see the illumination yeah. of, like, some circuitry and the Matrix. Yes, the Matrix is the main The Matrix is giving off this very sort of fractal, sparkly light oh, that's yes, very crystalline. Really cool. And also, yeah. for some reason, Nimoy sounds vaguely Scottish in this scene. <laughs> yeah. He occasionally it, sounds Scottish in this movie. He's it like, will do you no good, Autobot. It cannot be opened. <laughs> Magnus, I want the Matrix. Not by a Decepticon. <laughs> Well, maybe that's the voice he gets when he's sulking. Like it or not, we're allies now against a common foe. My God, you know a lot of this movie. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so he, you know, initially, Galvatron's trying to do the, hey, we should team up because we both hate Unicron, but then Unicron's doing his, like, mental torture thing. Giving him headaches. He's like, okay, okay, I'll, I'll kill him and stop well, attacking inside kill. my brain. <laughs> so there, there's a big, cool fight. Um... At one point, uh, Galvatron is getting is strangling Hot Rod, which I'm not sure how that works. Yeah, <laughs> he just is. Oh and, oh, and also, I totally forgot to mention that Ultra Magnus has been put back together by Junkions oh, using right. what looks like like turtle wax. Yeah, they just sort of stick him back together easily and then wax him up. <laughs> so he has a nice shine. Yeah, smashed up friends, good as new. 
gotta make them shiny. It's important. Satisfaction. PRG. Well, well, because we because we don't have. Uh, I think it's uh, thir- ninety days or something. So, like after three months, just Ultra Magnus dies. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Anyway, so they are. Uh, yeah, they're fighting, and but then Hot Red grabs the Matrix, and the touch kicks in again. Dun, 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 dun. Again, it's just, it's not as good a standalone song as Dare, but it's used a lot. Oh. It's used really, really well. We, we forgot to completely mention the actual best song in the entire movie, Dare to be Stupid. Oh, Dare to be Stupid, of course. On the planet of Junk Fight. Yeah, da, da. Which, which seems like a song that was written by Junkions for Junkions. <laughs> and yet it existed before the movie, and, and they just asked Weird Al for a song. It's like, okay, have this one. How'd you get this number? <laughs> well, uh, of note is that uh, Weird Al's label at the time, Scotty Brothers Records, uh, was also the label that put out Transformers the movie's soundtrack. Yes. No, I just know that when Weird Al was asked about somebody, how he was asked oh. to have his he did say uh sure how'd you get this number <laughs> <laughs> but he has since sort of embraced the transformers thing appearing on transformers animated and i believe they play a clip of one of his transformers animated episodes before he does dare to be stupid in yep. concert oh that's pretty cool oh did he play that when i saw him I can't remember. also that entire album is very good and i recommend it I believe that's the one well, that's think, got Yoda on it. And I think Mark Mothersbaugh said that he kind of hates Weird Al because he got the Devo <laughs> keyboard sound so well. Yes. <laughs> like, better than like, he could even do it. Dio, Dio, yes. Devo. Yes, because, I mean, you know, people kind of write off Yankovic as a novelty act, but he does have, like, a phenomenal ability to, to mimic yes. the yes. musical styles of the artist he parodies. And he's a very good musician. <clears throat> well, you have to be when you learn to play the accordion. <laughs> well, yes. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, the, uh, we get a little Force Ghost Optimus Prime here, and Hot, and Hot Rod goes from Hot Rod to the very unfortunately named Rodimus Prime. Arise, Rodimus Prime. It, and yes. the, the name that spawned a zillion something Amus fan characters. Uh, <laughs> and also just like, quote, clever names on message boards. And uh, uh, I'm glad that at least Canon pretty much got away from that with, you know, like Sentinel Prime and yes. yeah. Rodimus Prime. Nova Prime. Yeah, nobody else is using the um, us. <laughs> yeah. I like the uh, the IDW uh, thing that it's just because he's kind of an asshole <laughs> who yeah. would totally do that. <laughs> totally name himself that. Yes. And he goes from tur- from turning into a space car to a space Winnebago. Yay, he gets a trailer. <laughs> the See, the, the most important thing about the Matrix is it gives you access to the trailer dimension. Yes. Which is a particular subspace uh, pocket which has a trailer for you. That's why it doesn't work. That's why it doesn't work for Ultra Magnus. His whole body is trailer. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. have oh, any way to have like an additional trailer, so he can't. Well, You'd have to have like a double trailer. Yeah. It would be a double trailer. It would be really ungainly. He'd get 
T-boned all the time. <laughs> Just jackknifing all over the place. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, so he fights, um, it's it's like a it's like a pro wrestling fight where he just kind of holds Galvatron over his head and just like chucks him through yeah. Unicron's abdominal wall. Yeah, <laughs> and then he just goes like flying off into space. Uh, to be seen uh, in the next season of Transformers. Yes, having landed well, be hit... on the planet be... Char, where he took a lava uh... bath that is presumed to be what made him crazy. Well, it's I, implied I... to be what made him crazy. Yes, although I must quibble. It is the Decepticons are on Char. He is on, I believe, the planet Thrull. Oh, okay. Thrull, which Whoa. he then blows up. Yes, because he's mad at it for having him having crashed. He's mad and at it he... for breaking his flight through space. And also, he hit his head so hard he now sounds like Frank Welker again. Yes. Yeah. Well, he busted his voice box. Anyway, so Prime, so uh, Rodimus Prime opens up the Matrix inside Unicron, and that just starts messing him up real bad. Yeah, because he's de- definitely, definitely allergic to Matrix energy. For some reason. <laughs> For reasons. This is never explained in the cartoon. No. It just—it's the thing that can destroy him because it's the thing that can. Well, destroy. the comics kind of, of makes sense on... out of it, but. In the movie, no. Yeah, in the cartoon, it's kind of touched on as maybe... I mean, there's there's definitely some stuff in Call of the Primitives, which is basically a Unicron, oh, right. you know, origin story as much as he ever that's gets right. one. That's right, that episode is so weird. And notably, <laughs> when the little dude whose name I'm forgetting... Primacron. Primacron. Yeah, when Primacron escapes... Uh, from the horror that he has made, the little ship he escapes in is Matrix-shaped. Right, uh, right, But then it's never really said exactly why that then became something that could actually destroy Unicron, but also, yeah, in the comic book, it's like a Primus-powered MacGuffin. Yeah, it's, it's what happens when you put a bit of God inside Robot Satan. He gets a tummy ache and explodes. Yes. Yeah. So, and rips he, his own leg off. Yes. Which is the part that's always confused the hell out of me. And always wonder, where the hell is that leg? We we see the head floating around Cybertron in Season 3. Where's that leg? Someone should make it into a giant spaceship. Like a world destroyer. <laughs> that would be a little less cool looking than the head circling the planet. Yeah. <laughs> just a, a little leg. bit. But like, you could just bend it. it, it, it the front end of it could be the foot. It's just like this vicious... Um, vast predatory bird kind of shape. No. <laughs> There's no way it works. Uh, so they, uh, so yeah, they, uh, he, he rejoins the rest of the Autobots who have us, who are trying to escape this exploding robot man. And they end up driving out through his other eye other just eye. into space. Uh. Just to spite him. Okay, now you got a match in set. Yep. You have and, to get that fixed in season three. And, some, and somehow they just drive out of that eye and into space, and they're totally fine despite this robot exploding all around them. Yeah, that I, just well, makes more... Well, they're close to Cybertron, I guess. They they have landing brakes on their Winnebago. What? Wait. That just makes it know. more dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. Anyway, so Unicron blows up. It's 
not quite as cool Ooh. as him transforming. Can I stop my destiny? Yeah, that's true. And then we're uh, we're back on Cybertron. They, you know, we've just declared the end of the Cybertronian Wars because most of the and, Decepticons uh, are dead because they were stepped on. Yeah, yep. I mean that's why the war's over. Till till all are one, which also becomes sort of a mantra in this that we've never heard before. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're just saying it like how all the Decepticons were chanting Galvatron. It's just maybe they just like chanting whatever their leader just said. <laughs> and then cut to credits and the full version of that lion theme song. Which Somebody is pretty rocking. Coming from the sky above and there's nothing you can do. So yeah, it's pretty great for actually having lyrics that explain the plot. <laughs> and weirdly, uh, covered for Transformers Revenge of the Fallen by Cheap Trick. Well, okay, oh. nothing actually explains the plot, describes the plot. Uh, yeah. They, the lyrics describe the plot, which is the best you can really do with this movie. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is a cover by Cheap Trick, which is ridiculous. I still have so many moments where I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> that this this Transformers related thing. I will point out I brought up the Nether John Cubes from World of Warcraft earlier. That expansion came out in like two thousand six. So that was even <laughs> before the movies. So that was wow. at a point where I was still like Is this actually a big Transformers reference? Like, no one does that. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean David will tell you it's pretty obvious. But <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot. I uh... I, I should make a list of the things I've run across. I've probably forgotten a few. But yeah, oh. it's... Uh, you shouldn't have, like... I don't know if I want to call Chief Trick a real band. <laughs> you They're a real band. You shouldn't have people with artistic integrity covering the end credits song for the Transformers movie. I don't even know who the hell Chief Trick is. And it's... I surrender... What? Mommy's alright, daddy's alright. Oh! They just seem a little strange. You got me the perfect Surrender. reference. Music from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, I know that song. Oh, well, there you go then. Yeah, cheap trick. I mostly know them from like an Elvis cover that they did that got played a lot on the radio station I listened to when I was like nine. And, I mean,. They did do the end credit song for Top Gun, which is only like a step above Transformers the movie in credibility. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> a lot of people like it, but it, it, I mean, Top Gun so. had Kenny Loggins. Well, that's true. Oh, I mean, it's a step down. I mean, Stan Bush is kind of like the poor man's Kenny Loggins. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yes, it's uh, it's a surprisingly adequate ending credit song. You don't often get song. Okay, I was gonna say. I was going to say, you don't often get songs that are that, like, closely wedded to the movie that they come at the end of, and then I immediately thought of Turtle Power. I mean, it's kind of an 80... I mean, that's sort of to get that with uh, Back in Time, with uh, Back to the Future. It's like Huey Lewis thing. Yeah. yeah. And if you so. want a movie, a song that describes the movie, Howard the Duck. <laughs> yeah, actually, that that is definitely also a song that describes the movie. I mean... It doesn't happen much now, although um, 
Uh, actually, Huey Lewis did a song for the end of Pineapple Express, <laughs> which is just like an 80s style Huey Lewis, I'm explaining the movie that you just watched in song. <laughs> I need nice. to watch that. It's a pretty fun movie. It's got uh, it's got Gary Cole, who I always enjoy. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that that's I need to like memorize that whole song because it's pretty great. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, that is Transformers the movie. Yes, we, we have taken twice as long as the movie to describe the movie. Well, we had to explain some of us not having I, seen I it years ago. I had to explain ago. things like I mean, we had to explain a lot of stuff that wasn't actually in the movie that should have been in the movie. Yes, <laughs> well, that too, like. All the Unicron Primus stuff to make sense of the movie, but uh, I mean, this was—I mean, this is probably the most influential thing in Transformers fiction because for yes. the longest time it was the easiest thing to get a hold of. Yeah, cause yeah. You I mean, the, even when it wasn't that easy episodes, to get a hold of until like uh, Rhino got a hold. It was like the one thing that would—if only one thing got released, it was this. I mean, if. Yeah. Even if you like, you couldn't go out and buy a copy. Your video store almost certainly had like a sun faded copy of it. Yeah, I mean <laughs> yes. to be fair, I did get that VHS copy off the ten dollars shelf at Suncoast when to actually watch the G one cartoon, you had to be recording Sci Fi Channel like god awful early in the morning. <laughs> yes, or or I don't know uh, the the Generation Two series if you could tolerate the cybernetic space cube. I I just want to mention that uh, my Wi-Fi SSID has been Cybernet Space Cube for pretty much as long as I have been managing <laughs> Wi-Fi routers for my uh. personal use. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so yeah, it it was. I think it's really weird how iconic a lot of it has become for something that never got like regular TV play like there's a lot of stuff out there yeah. that you just turn on TBS or USA or something and it's like now the live action Transformers movies are constantly on cable uh, but I mean maybe that says something about how much it appealed and I think a lot of it is because it's got that weird demographic confusion so it's actually appealed to people maybe even more now that they're adults than it did even when they were kids and were busy being horrified and or creatively influenced by things yeah. like Optimus Prime's death. And, and like the soundtrack I mean, I, I, really, not like the soundtrack really helps because the synth is, well, retro now, but it's fun. It's different. It's robotic. And the wall to wall music is something it has over the G.I. Joe movie, which I guess it has music other than the opening theme song, which wow. is awesome in the first five minutes, which is the best part of the movie of G.I. Joe. Oh, well, it has oh, the opening it has credit music, but it's beautiful. I think G.I. Joe, like this, like Transformers movie did not make money. No. And no. My Little Pony did not make money. No. So G.I. Joe never played in theaters. Yeah. And I imagine its budget got cut because its animation is noticeably not as good. The uh, the music is just all like recycled GI Joe TV background music. They probably did the opening credit sequence before the opening sequence. That looks expensive. And you'll note that it has like three famous people in it, and one of them was already on the cartoon. Yeah, and is a pro wrestler. 
<laughs> but I would imagine that if it were, if it had gotten like a theatrical release, it would have had nicer animation and probably like characters like Pythona and Jinx and, uh, Big Lob would have had. Oh uh, yeah, it's weird. Big Lob isn't so Like good. celebrity voice actors. <laughs> would Duke have been in a coma? And also, Duke yeah, people dead. were real mad about the whole Optimus Prime thing. So, yeah, Duke dies much like it's Optimus okay. Prime does, but there is overdubbed dialogue that says he is in a coma, which usually happens <laughs> when people get stabbed in the heart. <laughs> with a snake. With, well, with a snake. Well, I mean, not many people get stabbed in the heart with a snake, but whatever. Um, so, Do you have yeah. statistics to back that up? I'm going to say no. So, so yeah, I am looking forward uh, to seeing it in the theater, uh, even if I'm going to go see it in theater that's not the one I wanted to go see it at, because the other one got opened up with a later round of tickets. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed that I haven't, I mean, I haven't been going to see movies very much since, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm kind of disappointment, disappointed I haven't gotten to see the trailer for it in a theater, so I can get goosebumps. Uh I'm I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Hot Rod be nice and bright pink on the big screen. Oh again. yes, pink magenta. This will be it the first magenta. time I've seen it in the theater since the last time a botcon did it in a theater. <laughs> I oh, I think I missed it at the one botcon I did go to. Hmm. So I mean, they didn't always have a theater for it, but it was a couple times. Alright, so that is Transformers Movie, and that is our Patreon special for September. And we this hope- is our longest oh, episode ever, unless I chop it into two. I can yeah, God knows, this might, be our, this might be our Patreon episode for September and October. It's <laughs> yes. so friggin' long. Yeah. You'll find out when you get these episodes. Wow. <laughs> and what will we do next month? Write in, let us know, give us some suggestions. Uh, we, otherwise, we'll, God knows, we might just end up watching Venom. <laughs> uh, well, we're pro- the two of us are probably going to see Venom anyway. Like I'll a turn in the wind. Oh, that, that I'm, line I'm is a... so Venom. It, I, I hope the rest of the movie lives up to that cheesy stupidness. I mean, I am a certifiable Venomaniac. <laughs> are you now? Yes, I am. You should get a prescription for that. Yeah, well, the only thing that works against it are uh, Heat and Sonics. <laughs> So uh, every now and then I just have to chain myself up in a uh, church tower. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, you know, otherwise, you know, I start craving, uh, craving brains, referring to myself in the uh, plural, Mm -hmm. Uh, blaming all personal misfortunes on Parker. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so uh, until next time. Thank you to our Patreon supporters. We appreciate this greatly. Yes, thank and you, very uh, much. you keep us blathering on like this. It's pretty I'm great. Rob. I'm Jen, and I'm here to remind you that something evil's watching over you, coming from the sky above, and there's nothing you can do. I'm David. Damn it, stupid! <laughs>